You are listening to the Musician Today weekly podcast with Vera Bermenko. Tune in for your insight into a professional musician's life and awesome new music. So hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Musician Today podcast. Today we have an amazing artist who has returned to us with part two of the interview because he's working on a lot of music, a lot of amazing projects with a huge, huge schedule packed with challenges that we're going to share with you today. And um, we have Matt Bell, the rockstar violinist. Woohoo! So welcome back to the show. Thanks for being here today again, and we're trying out something new. So we're on Instagram this time, and you guys, I will reshare it everywhere else, so stay tuned. So as you guys know, Matt Bell is an amazing violinist. He's also a host of his own podcast called The Rockstar Violinist, and he's also the life and personality of the electric violin shop. So we all know that he plays music, and we all know him because he's friends with almost every violinist in the world. So. So welcome back to the show, Matt. And today we're going to hear all about your new album and the new songs coming out. Yes. 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 Thank you. Um, yeah, I, it's a. I have like the coolest job ever. It's literally my <laughs> job to hang out with like these awesome, cool people that yes. are so inspiring. So, and this is part of that. So, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're so happy to have you back. So, as always, you can find Matt on um, his website at. Okay, Matt Bell Violinist. Yes, MattBellViolinist.com. That's right. And you can find his podcast also at Rockstar Violinist Podcast. You can find his music on YouTube. Look him up by Matt Bell Violinist. Quite a few videos are coming your way, guys. So stay tuned. On Instagram, Matt Bell Violinist. On Facebook, at Matt Bell Violinist. So don't miss it because he's doing some really intense work right now. And we're going to get to hear the songs today. So you guys will be first to hear some of the stuff that has not yet been released. (laughs) So what can you tell us would be the first thing that kind of pops in your mind right now, working on such a busy project where you want to release a new song every month. What has been the biggest challenge so far? Ooh, yeah, time management obviously <laughs> is a big challenge. So that is, that's been my challenge to myself this year, and I'm publicizing this in order to hold myself accountable. But um, yeah, the goal is to re- to release a single every month in 2020. So yeah, 12 singles in this year. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe I did that to myself. Um, but the thing is, like, even if I fall short, right? Even if I only get out eight or nine singles this year that's a lot like that's way more than I would have released had I not challenged myself with this so yeah the goal is to do 12 and we'll see how that works out I'm not going to beat myself up if if, you know say December doesn't happen because you know Christmas um but yeah the, the the trick is like that's just that's a lot a lot of music to get out fortunately I sort of I don't know if it's cheating or not because it's my contest but um but a lot of this music was sort of already in process mm-hmm. before January 1st hit. So it's not like I have to write from scratch and right. record and mix and release and shoot video. It's not like I have to do all that from scratch in 30 days. Um, nice. You know, and I think like most people probably have, they've got stuff that's kind of laying around that they mm-hmm. go, well, this thing I sort of started, but I never finished. And I've got fragments of things laying around. So I think a lot of people have that. So um, it's totally cool for me. 
again, it's my it's my challenge to myself, so I, I make the rules and I, and I say it's cool to use some of my older stuff to release. So, uh, but it, it is it keeps me it keeps me focused on on the, you know I've got a deadline every thirty days. There's a deadline that hits, <laughs> so it allows me to sort of stay focused and um, motivated. Definitely, I completely agree. But also, as being an artist, being a creator of something original, I don't think you ever have something that starts from scratch. Everything always comes out of something else, right? So, like, yeah, no question. You always have some idea laying around that you wanted to do for a long time, and now you're finally doing it, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And the thing is, too, I'm always thinking forward. Like, you know, this is, we're in February right now, and Abaga just came out like yesterday. Mm-hmm. But March is already like I already know what tune's coming out in March. I'm pretty sure which tune's going to come out in April. So because there are some things that take more time, yeah. you know, like the one in April that I think is going to come out in April is a collaboration with a friend who lives in Europe. Mm-hmm. And so we've been working on this tune for a while. Mm-hmm. There's going to have to be some video shots. So I'm, I'm working with him like, hey, make sure you get some video shots. Send that to me. And when I see what your video is, then I can shoot some stuff that matches. And so we're already thinking about April and it's still February. Um, and then, you know, I've got some stuff in mind maybe for May. So there's, there's already some things sort of spinning about what's coming. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So today I wanted to start with the very interesting tune titled, uh, my fiddle wants to kill you mama. (laughs) Yeah, this, this was my single in January. Um, and this was another collaboration. This is one that, this is a, uh, it's a Frank Zappa cover. Yes. Uh, remake maybe. Uh, Zappa did a tune called "My Guitar Wants to Kill Your Mama." Uh, it was actually covered by G3, which was uh, Satriani and Eric Johnson and um, I always blank on this one. Who's the third guy? Satriani, Johnson, and Bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bye. So those three guys did a version of that on the G3 tour. Gosh, probably ten years ago. Nice. Um, and I just always loved that tune. I was like, well, I want to remake that tune, but I can't. I can't do it the same way Frank did it. I can't do it the same way G3 did it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to redo it all violin center. There's no guitars in it. Um, and then I wanted, you know, how can I make this different? Well, Zappa is really eclectic. Yeah. Super, super like yeah. out there. Like a Zappa tune has to have some level of weirdness to it. <laughs> Definitely. It's not a very good version of a Zappa tune. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of that was my criticism of the G3 version was that, they didn't really stretch it much. They mm-hmm. sort of just went straight ahead rock and roll. And I get it, it's a live show, right? There's only so much you can do live. Um, but I, I really want to stretch. So I put five different solo segments in tune. And the original idea was I was just gonna I was just gonna play all the solos. I was gonna say, hey, you know, I wanna show people that I've I've sort of mastered these different styles. Yeah. Um, so the first one's a rock solo, that's pretty easy, that's right in my wheelhouse. The next one is more of a sort of a classical feel. It's all uh, acoustic strings, and it's sort of the drums break way down. And uh, and I've sort of done this little classical style solo, which is fine. And then I went to a reggae style thing. Okay, that's fine. That's sort of I can handle some reggae. And then I went to a country sort of Cajun thing, and then went to like a Latin thing. Well, ironically, even though I lived in Texas. Um, the country one was the hard one for me. For some reason, it just it wasn't falling yeah. out of my head. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I hit up my friend Ross Holmes, who's you know, one of the, the greatest country violinist fiddle players I know, mm-hmm. uh, Nashville guy. He's from Texas, too. 
Um, and I said, Ross, maybe, maybe you can give me a couple ideas on this tune, man. I'm just, I'm sort of, I'm sort of blanking on this. So he, he sent me an email back. Well, you know, think about this scale and this feel and this, and you know, maybe listen to this tune and this will give you that. I went, man, <laughs> you know what? This needs to be a collaboration. Yeah. I want Ross to just play that song. Ross, why don't you just play a solo? And you know what? I'm going to get somebody else to play the other solos. So I kept the rock solo. I, you know, I got to take a solo on my own song. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then I thought, well, who would be the best players? I want to find somebody who each one of these styles is in their wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for the classical one, I called up my friend Drew Ford. Uh, yeah. That viola kitten. That viola kitten. And Drew absolutely crushed the solo. Drew's not really known as an improviser. Um, and I don't think he improvised the solo. I think he just wrote it and then played yeah, it. And he yeah. did it while he was on a cruise ship last nice. year. So uh, Drew did the uh, the classical solo on his viola. And I thought, gosh, you know, who's like the biggest Zappa head that I know? Joe Denison. Um, so I called him and he sent me six different solos wow. for, the, for the reggae part. Mm -hmm. And I had the hardest time picking because they were all so good. Uh, but I just scored a, uh, that one and, and picked one of his solos for the reggae one. Uh, Ross did the country style solo and absolutely crushed it. There's, you know, there's a reason this guy's got a Grammy, right? You know, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I thought for the Latin one, man, this is so hard because I got so many friends like Jesus Burrito and Hayden Vitera and all these guys that, that are killer, killer Latin players. Um, but I, I thought, well, the song kind of burns, and who do I know who's like this burning Latin guy? So I called mm -hmm. Patrick Contreras, nice. asked him to do the uh, the Latin solo, and again, he, he did a fantastic job. Awesome. Uh, awesome. The real heroes, though, were my bass player and drummer, uh, wow. these guys, Darian Alexander and Nick Baglio here in Raleigh and Durham. Um, I sent them sort of the, the, the rough draft of this thing, and and they absolutely crushed all these style changes and you know how do you go from this burning rock solo straight into a classical thing straight into reggae straight into and and they made it they made it happen and it's nice. super off man of the latin thing it's super authentic and you know baglio is a white dude like me and, and and he was just he was able to nail every one of these styles nice. and um and darian is just a super super funky tasty bass player who um they did a great job on this, so it was it was really kind of easy for me. I just had to sort of provide the, I sort of provided the overall vision, and then mm -hmm. just these amazing artists just made it happen. But that's what I love about it is that um, it's you know we often think of creating as you have to have full control, but it's not quite so. You have to have sort of like enough confidence to let it go and become something else, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's my, my process, if you want to get into that, my process on writing these things, um, I actually never leave my studio. Uh, you're looking at my, those of you can see the video, I'm in my studio in my house right now. It's literally a closet off the side. <laughs> it's a big closet, but it's a closet. Um, so I do all my own recording here right into Logic. And when I write a tune, I'll write it. Hey, there's Ross Holmes right there. He's here. He, we're talking about you, Ross. Woo! Hi, um, Ross. It's uh, we're talking about your solo you took on my fiddle wants to kill your mom. Yeah. So my process is that um, is that I, I sort of lay these things out in Logic in my studio, and I'll do a little keyboard bass, and Logic has like this AI drummer that I sort of throw in there, and then I sort all these are scratch tracks. Mm -hmm. So then I send those tracks to my drummer, mm -hmm. and he puts real drums on it, and I tell him I say Nick, you know I love your playing. 
you just do whatever pops into your head. If you think that it needs some stops, if you think it needs some hits, if you think it needs, you know, whatever you think it needs, you throw in there. And then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna adapt my playing to that. So then he throws his thing in. Him and Darian work together all the time. The bass player will send the uh, I'll delete the keyboard part. I'll send Darian a chord chart. Maybe there's some uh, some signature licks that I want, and I'll send him the sheet music to those. Mm-hmm. And so then Darian sort of does his thing, and then they send it back to me with the new drums and the new bass. And of course now my scratch tracks don't sound right. <laughs> because there's maybe Darian's even sort of moved the bass around a little bit. He'll do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So then I've got to re-record all of the violin parts, and I'll I'll usually re-record the vocals too if, if that's if I'm singing on the tune. So it becomes this collaborative effort, even though Nick records all his stuff in his studio in Raleigh, and Darian does all his stuff in his studio in Durham. We're never in the same building together, mm-hmm. um, but it sounds like we are because it is sort of back and forth. Yeah. They're taking ideas from me, then I take ideas from them, and then everything gets sent off to my friend Matt Vanacoro in New York City. Um, he works with Mark Wood and uh, and all those guys. So then Matt mixes everything and makes it sound like one coherent piece of music. Nice. That's beautiful. Okay, let's have a listen. This is about yeah. a six-minute song, but you guys, you, got, you have to hear all those solos. So. <laughs> yeah, the solos are amazing. Here we go. My fiddle wants to kill you.
So um, recording remotely, like you say, you're never in the same space at the same time. So was this quite a process? Like they send you something and then you send it back and then they send you again. Like, was there was there some difficulty with that or <laughs> not really? No, I mean, these guys are so good at doing this that Nick and Darian, these, the, the drummer and bass player, they actually do, this is a good chunk of their living, mm -hmm. is, is doing remote tracks. Nice. Um, Joe Denizan makes a good chunk of his living by doing that. Um, you know, I don't think Drew has really done that much of it, but he was super good at it. Oh, he's great. Uh, Ross does this. Ross basically lives in a studio, and uh, and Patrick is, uh, yeah, it's also he's in the middle of recording an album right now, so he was in the studio. It was really easy for him to get his tracks. No, they just they sent it to me. I sent everything to Matt Vanacoro, <laughs> and he just he just made it happen. Nice. That's awesome. So, uh, where did the idea came to cover the Zappa tune? I don't know. I, I think, you know, I do so much driving around to gigs and stuff that, you know, I listen to a lot of music when I'm driving and I just thought, you know what, I want to do, actually the original, I, I had thought that I was going to do an entire album of covers and remakes because I did the original CD that came out last year, One Way to Do It. And I thought, well, the follow-up could maybe be a bunch of covers. You know, I want to, mm -hmm. you know, maybe do this one. Yeah. I want to do a, a Devil Went Down to Georgia mixed up with uh, some Hendrix. Love it. <laughs> um, you know, I maybe want to do a, uh, I was thinking about doing a um, uh, Bruce Hornsby tune. And, and I sort of went, well, no, I don't think I want to do that. But I already had this one sort of on the way. And I went, well, let's just release that one. And then most of the rest of what I'm going to do this year, I think, is going to be more or less original. Nice. That sounds awesome. Can't wait to hear it. So um, you have some songs that came out recently, like the Abaga. Yeah, Abaga. I don't even know how to say it. It's a, it's a, so the, the funny thing, A-B-A-G-A, -A -A that's the head of the song. Mm -hmm. um, so in, in jazz terms or rock terms, the head is, is the sort of the yeah. signature lick of the tune. Right. And now we're, we're in D minor, so the B is a B flat, but you know, <laughs> what's a flat between friends? Yeah. So um, <laughs> I couldn't figure out what to, the hard thing about naming a, uh, uh, a, an instrumental tune is like, you know, what the heck do I call it? I don't have any lyrics. <laughs> so um, yeah, I was having a hard time coming up with a name for this one. So I just... Well, I thought, well, the, those are the first five notes, A-B-A-G-A. -A -A. So uh, I Googled it to make sure that it wasn't like a cuss word in, in <laughs> French or something. And, and uh, 
and, and you know, obviously you can Google any combination of letters and yeah. something's going to come up, but it's, it wasn't anything of any real significance. So I thought, well, I'll just call it that. <laughs> and then how do you pronounce it? I don't know. Abaga, 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 yeah. whatever you want to call it. As long as you buy it on iTunes, you probably <laughs> So I've looked it up too because I was curious. And it's apparently a language somewhere in a tribe in Guinea. So it exists. <laughs> you know what? They're probably, they're, if they've got lawyers, they're probably looking for me right now. They're going to take half of the, of the 30 or 40 bucks that I make from this team. <laughs> so you guys actually, have, you can buy it now, right? On your website? Yes. Madbyviolinist.com. Yes. Uh, it just came out on iTunes and Apple Music and Amazon Music and Spotify and all that. It came out yesterday. Yay! Awesome. So it's fresh. And we're like the first ones to hear it. So let's yeah. do it. This is Abaga. Enjoy.
um, this one makes me want to get my Viper so bad. I already put it in the order. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's coming probably the summer or fall, so hopefully. <laughs> I love it. It's so great. Yeah. I love these solos. I'm actually, like, with my producer, I'm learning to do stuff like that with, you know, in the context of an actual electric music, right? Um, but I, the instrument I have has been kind of buzzy when... <laughs> When you connect it to an effect, it's a little buzzy. So I'm like, yeah, we need a viper. <laughs> well, the whole idea on that is, you know, the the previous album was was trying to show that you can have punk and you can have rock without mm -hmm. any guitar. So I was doing yeah. a lot of really guitar-y yeah. kind of stuff. Yes. This one I wanted to do, I wanted to sound more like an electric violin and less like a guitar. So I was like, well, let's let's explore what kind of sounds an electric violin can make that maybe a guitar player can't or maybe some things an electric violin can do that an acoustic violin can't. Yeah. So like that head lick, the A, B flat, A, G, A. I, I play na, 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 and then I, I just, that ring is the ring that you yeah. get from from the distortion. Yeah. Uh, so I come, I actually come off the, the A string real early. Na, 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 and I'm off. And, rings, and that's yeah. the instrument ringing. Yeah. So that's the thing that distortion does is it allows you to ring out. And then, you know, the thing, the trap that guitar players, I think, fall into a lot, because they can play six notes at a time, they tend to play a lot of notes at a time. Mm -hmm. So their chords are fuller. Yeah. With an electric violin, you can get three relatively easily. But for me, with the distortion, I really love the interplay that you get from having two notes played together, just a double stop, and the yeah. different intervals give you all these different sort of swimming. Um, you can hear on the intro, there's there's a lot of stuff on the intro, um, especially that long note at the end of the intro. It's actually an open A and a C played on the E string, so it's a tenth. Um, and then I sort of reached out and grabbed the B flat on the A string and then let it go, and you can feel all these all the beats and the swimming inside yeah. the distortion. And then so I was doing a lot of that even in sort of the breakdown solo in the middle where it's just all these like animalistic effects. I love that. A lot of that's done with minor seconds. Mm -hmm. So the minor seconds in distortion, they just get this real animalistic sort of sound. Um, so that's what I was trying to do, a lot of experimenting with different intervals in distortion and how they how they interact with each other in that. So it was really more of a violin-based thought process um, than a guitar-based thought process, which is what I was using earlier. That's great. I love that. Yeah, I love those animalistic, as you say. I'm like, that's a wild beast. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get real primal. Excellent. So how um, this is a fully original song. How did yeah. it begin? Where did you start kind of coming up with it? Man, so probably the tune that I got the most feedback from on my first album was um, Exile. And it yeah. was it, the instrumental tune. Right. So I guess you guys don't like my singing. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's the most feedback I got. And then most of the gigs that I'm booking are, are instrumental gigs where I'm playing electric violin with tracks. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I sort of need some more tunes. And so let's let's write one. Let's write another. So I sat down basically to write Exile Part Two. Mm -hmm. So it's it was a uh, you know I want to do this thing, but mm -hmm. I was really inspired by Satriani when I listened to an interview with him. One of the interviews with him, they said you know the 
the music you play is not that difficult to play and i may have talked about this during the exile interview that it's it's not technically difficult to play a lot of the stuff that you play but it's just got a lot of feeling in it there's a lot of emotion right so rather than trying to write a uh you know a virtuoso piece yeah we we splash around quite a bit at the end and all that but it's um it was really more, I was trying to do more of exploring of sounds than yes. I was trying to write something like, hey, nobody's going to be able to play this but me. Um, <laughs> I think that's so the way it's to really, go. You know, it's a really pretty basic, the head of the thing, you know, your average seventh grader can play that. <laughs> well, I think that's the main premise of music. It's emotion, right? It, the, the skill, the tools that we have are just, you know, ways of getting that emotion out. It's like learning a language. Right, so you have to learn some basic grammar, some words to learn to do that. But in the end, it's what you are saying that matters more than how well you speak the language, right? So I don't think it's um, it's still complex. It's incredibly complex. It's the raw emotion. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I love about this song. It's just like the beast. <laughs> well, that breakdown section in the middle where it goes to halftime and I'm doing all that animalistic stuff, that was not the original idea of the ah, song. The original idea, okay. um, when it went to halftime, had a kind of a Matt Bell kind of solo in it. Well, there's, you know, it was kind of shreddy and just maybe some jazz concepts yeah. tossed yeah. in there, some sidestepping or whatever. Um, but when I sent it to my bass player and drummer, it came back very different from what I sent them. And it's one of the reasons I love these guys is that they, um, you know, Darian, especially on the bass part, that was very different from what I had sent him. Um, so when I listened to it back and I still had my scratch solo on there, the scratch solo didn't make any musical sense anymore. And I went, well, I'm, I like his bass part better than I like my old solo. So um, I'm gonna throw it away. And then I'm going to sort of cleanse my mind from any preconceived notions of what should have happened in that space. Nice. And I probably took 10 passes at it. And each time, basically what came out was just these sort of sound effects. Mm -hmm. So then I actually posted a, a thing on my Instagram where I was showing people, I, I sort of did a behind the scenes thing where I showed where I cut and pasted yes. all those different takes in there. And I went, I kind of like the way this sounds. There's some even some real obvious cuts in there, but in a you know, you can hear a hard cut from one take to another, yeah. <laughs> but it sounds really cool. Yes, yeah. No idea how I'm going to pull that off live, um, and I probably won't attempt to pull it off live. I'll, uh, you know, I'll just make up something. You know, that'll be an improv section or something on the spot that I'm just yeah. I'm going to make up some animal sounds. <laughs> you know, might be up here. Ah, Way just, to go. Uh, That's it. <laughs> awesome. We absolutely love it. I love it. So um, totally makes me want to, you know, get my Viper sooner. <laughs> That's great. Um, so we have a couple more tunes. Which one would you like to play next? Well, um, I guess we can talk about, um, we talk about the Bach Partita yes. a little bit. That was sure. sort of a surprise for me. This is a thing. Um, I was classically trained violinist. Um, worked on, you know, the Mozart concertos and the partitas and all that. And, and as you can tell, it's really not, uh, it's not really my cup of tea. Um, but I, I, I enjoy that stuff. And the more I study Bach, the more I like Bach was hip, man. Yes. Bach really understood music at a level that would be appreciated 
today, mm-hmm. like the jazz cats of today who, who know all this crazy music theory and they're pushing music in a very experimental direction. Mm-hmm. Man, Bach was doing some really, really crazy stuff yep. 250 years ago. Yep. Um, and the Bach Partita number three is, it's so, you know, it's so cliche. Everybody plays it. It's sort of like the, the stairway to heaven, you know, yeah. in the guitar shop. Like, they're like, bro, don't play stairway in here. <laughs> everybody comes into EBS, and, you know, everybody's, you know, one of the, within 10 minutes, somebody's playing Partita number three. And I'm like, all right, you know, it's, it's this thing. Um, I want to put a hip hop beat to this thing. Uh, you know, I don't know whether it's like the most um, ambitious or the most arrogant thing I've done to say that I want to, I want to reimagine Bach, right? Because Bach is like held up <laughs> as this picture of perfection. Yeah. Um, Matt Bell wants to reimagine Bach because, yeah, I have no, <laughs> I have no standing to reimagine Bach. But, um, I, you know, let's try it. Let's see what happens. The problem is like nobody makes hip hop beats in three. That's not that's not hip hop, dude. So it's gonna have to be in four. Yeah. And so I'm gonna have to add four sixteenth notes to every measure. So then, okay, that's fine. Let's do that. But then, so how how do I do that? Do I want to write it to where it sounds like Bach himself put those four sixteenths in, or do I want to push this out? You know, do I want to, do I want to, how far out do I want the violin part to go in here? Because it's an E, it's sort of a modal thing in E. Mm-hmm. I could do some, we could, we could go pretty far into 12-tone stuff. We could go like real, real experimental, but I don't know that the song really lends itself to that. And, and when I tried that at first, it sounded forced. It sounded like I was trying to push the song somewhere it didn't want to go. So I said, well, okay. Sort of the first rule of writing is that you start the song and then you let it write itself the rest yeah. of the way. And if you're trying to push a song somewhere it doesn't want to go, it's going to sound like you pushed it somewhere it didn't want to go. Yep. So I started it, and um, and I'll, I'll grab my fiddle here. Um, Yay. So you got the... Uh, Okay, where do I go from there? Well, (laughs) so I said, okay, the first ones, we'll we'll go a little more chromatic, right? So a little more tension. Okay, that's fine. And then where does it want to go? Well, there's so many turns and twists in there. So each measure, I sort of attacked a little differently. Mm-hmm. So some measures are going to basically have just another turn of where Bach was. Um, okay, so those, those aren't super, super yeah. out there. Um, but then there's going to be some other ones that, yeah, I'm going to push them a little harder and a little farther. Um so when I got done, I was pretty happy with the way it was. There's some measures that are pushed a little harder and farther than others, but I feel like it, it's it's a coherent musical piece, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then I said, well, if we're going to do this hip-hop thing, I've got a beat uh, maker in Greenville who's going to make me a beat, and he's this, this young kid who's incredibly talented. Um, 
but the baseline what do i want to do with a baseline because it sits it just lays there like a dead fish in e and we could just we're gonna rattle all the subs in the house and yeah that's not it's not creative so i sent it to one bass player friend of mine and he said man there's so much room to do some cool stuff here i don't really have the time to mess with this but if you find a guy who's a jazz bass player he that's what you're looking for yeah so I sent it to my friend John Ray, who lives in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, an incredible jazz bass player, real experimental guy, plays keyboard bass, plays upright bass, plays P bass. He's a writer, <laughs> just nice. a really super creative guy. And he wrote an insane bass part to this song. Um, to me, the bass part stands alone by itself. Uh, it's, it's at least as good as anything I did. Um, and the bass play, the bass part sort makes this. Okay, so I've got a hip hop beat. I've got this killer bass line. I've got this rewritten Bach tune. The thing is, I don't really know what the violin community is going to think of this. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I think probably they're going to hate it. Okay, well that's fine. I wrote it for me. Really, it was sort of a, an exercise for me. It wasn't really so anybody would like it. But I've done this thing. Let me debut it at Nam and see what people think. So I, I took it to Nam, and I played it at Mark Wood's booth. Yeah. I played it at the Glasser booth. I played it at the uh, the 3D Various booth. I played it nice. at the Dogal Strings booth with nice. the bass player who wrote the bass part. He actually played a live bass part awesome. with it. Um, and people loved it. They, they were like, dude, it is, it's that tune that I know, but not quite. Yes. And they loved it. So I thought, well, that was not the that was not the reaction I was expecting. It was one I was hoping for, but it's not the one I was expecting. Mm-hmm. I was expecting people to go, yeah, you got a lot of nerve trying to rewrite Bach, um, which I guess I do. But mm-hmm. um, my friend Chuck Bontrager, who is the the, the uh, concertmaster for Hamilton in Chicago, and he's also a brutal heavy metal violinist, nice. I sent him early copy of it. I said, man, what do you what do you think people are going to say? He goes. You know, I was like, you know, what would, Who cares? would Bach be pissed at me, you know? <laughs> he goes, Bach doesn't care, he's dead. Yeah. So, I, you know what? You're right. Bach doesn't care, he's dead. Um, I played it for Chloe Trevor. Chloe liked it. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> so, you know, she's open-minded. Not not everybody in the classical she's community great. is yeah. open-minded. Um, I'm so glad she got to try Viper. So I thought, well, I guess I, I wasn't sure if I was going to release it or not. So... I am going to release it. I'm actually shooting a music video for it on Monday, and I cannot wait for you guys to see this. This is like the highest production value video that I have done, probably will do. Um, It's it's a high cost video for me. It's not a high cost video, but it's you know I'm paying for all this stuff, so I I don't I don't have a GoFundMe. I don't have Sony Music behind me. I don't have YouTube paying for any of this stuff. So um, it's it's a fairly it's a fairly involved thing for me to do this thing, but I'm excited for you guys to see it. There's, there's going to be costumes. There's going to be, and of course, because I'm Matt Bell, I can't just be an acoustic violin thing, right? There's got to be a bunch of different electric sounds. Oh in here. yeah. Oh. Um, so yeah, you've got. We can maybe if you want to play people just a little bit of it. Um, yeah, it's let's do it. We have a few seconds. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we can do a minute or so. And, yeah, yeah, like a minute. Okay, here we go. Partita number three, Matt Bell style.
Love it. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it's just it's a thing that I mess with that, that got a lot different reception than I thought it would, mm-hmm. and it's very it's very different from anything else I've done. Um, I don't know that I will do this again for. Um, Actually, that's a lot. I do have another Bach tune that I've, I've more or less done the same treatment to, but that's top secret. <laughs> that's from my later. That's um, interesting. Yeah. I honestly, I love Bach. That's like the only thing from classical background of mine as well that I go back to almost every day. So a lot of his stuff could be set to rock. It could be anything, jazz. It, you know, you just do whatever you want with it because it is yeah. such a foundation of all the harmony and theory that we know today so love it yeah <laughs> you should totally do it <laughs> yeah I'm, i may you know we'll see what the reception is on this but i've got the sheet music for that when i release the tune it'll be my single that comes out in march um nice. you'll be able to buy the single you'll be able to buy the sheet music the the whole thing get it at mattbellviolins.com Yes. Yes. and actually we were the first ones to hear this one today it's not out yet right that's right. It's not out yet. It was. Uh, I got to play it live at uh, at, at Nam a couple times, but yeah. um, it was. Uh, yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. For coming back. Yeah. Thank two. you for having me. This this means a lot that, that somebody would care to hear. Uh, you know what happens between my ears. Of course. I mean, like, I feel like the artists, we sort of want to communicate that because if you think you're the only one with this in your ears, <laughs> it kind of feels like you're isolated, right? So one of the parts I wanted to reach out with this podcast to people like you so that we can actually be like on the same page and share the process. I'm kind of in the same boat as you right now. I'm producing a lot of music. I'm doing a lot of video and it really helps to hear from others sort of to like see if I'm on the right track, right? I'm not the only one going crazy with these things. <laughs> no, I love the stuff you're doing. You're doing so much, thank so much cool so stuff. Thank you so much. By the way, to thank you properly for being such a great guest and coming back to the show, I would like to ship you my CD. This is signed. You can see the signature. Ooh, awesome. Here's my signature. He's my producer, well, my mastering engineer. <laughs> and uh, we are so happy to, for you to have this. So in just oh, a second, you. I'll ask you where I can ship this. So here, yeah. this is for you. It's called Iron Fiddle Saga. And it's a warrior-themed, cinematic-inspired music with some gypsy tunes in there as well. So yay! <laughs> it's Fantastic. yours now. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear what you think. And um, so I think before we go, just guys, a reminder again, all the music you heard today, you can get on Matt's website at mattbellviolinist.com. You can uh, get his new songs. You can be uh, signing up for his new songs coming out that haven't been out yet. So go ahead and stay tuned. And we can't wait to watch the videos that you described. So it's going to be so great. I can't wait to see how all of this rock and funky stuff is going to come together. Like it's... Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. So glad to have you here. So have a great weekend and would love to hear back whenever you're ready with something new, when you have a project that you want to share. That'd be great. Meanwhile, I would like to close the show with uh, one more tune. And this is Viperized with Crunch. (laughs) All right.